0: Good morning everyone and welcome to our Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to CIM.net or if you mouse on the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read a Course in Miracles OE. On that same website there's an option called lesson sign up where you can sign up for an excellent daily email that includes both the text reading for the day as well as the lesson for the day my name is Lori Cameron this calls Monday through Friday from about 915 to about 11 a.m. Eastern and today we are continuing our reading of chapter 12 the problem of guilt with section 4 healing and time we're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 138. Heaven is the decision I must make. And by way of opening this morning, here's a bit of a collaborative poem, <laughs> collaborative in the true sense, from Helen Schuckman in her book, The Gifts of God. And the poem is called Christ's Vision. It goes like this. Let not the past obscure the now to you, for thus you awaken happily, with joy upon your heart and eyes, to see a world awaiting to be seen aright at last. How beautiful the newly born, for they reflect their Father's love, their Brother's care, the happiness of heaven, and the peace that is their true inheritance. It is on them you look. They have no past today. All darkness vanishes, and heaven's smile presents a world from which the past is gone, and present happiness ends all despair and shining silence and simplicity. This is Christ's vision. Amen.
1: Beautiful and perfect.
0: Thank you, Lordy. Beautiful. So lovely. Thank you. Yeah, that just gives me goosebumps all over. So, thank you so much for letting me share it this morning. Alrighty, here's our reading list. (laughs) Oh dear. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Karen, Harrison, Lana, Jessica, and Robin Marie. We're joined in listening by Patricia... And has anyone else joined us this morning that likes like to say hi or be on the reading list?
2: Good morning, Lori. Everyone, I'd like to read this morning.
3: Thank
0: you. Most excellent. Thank you, Judy. righty. So let's take it up, then. Chapter 12, The Problem of Guilt, with Section 4 healing and time and i think um, because this paragraph begins with and now the reason (laughs) uh, it would be appropriate to go back one paragraph that i'll read and then we'll continue on as we usually do so from the last section which was titled the fear of redemption paragraph 22 to quote unquote single out is to quote unquote make alone and thus make lonely god did not do this to you could he set you apart knowing that your peace lies in his oneness he denied you only your request for pain for suffering is not of his creation having given you creation he could not take it from you he could but answer your insane request with the same answer which would abide with you in your insanity and this he did no one who hears his answer but will give up insanity for his answer is the reference points beyond illusions from which you can look back upon them and see them as insane but seek this place and you will find it for love is in you and will lead you there Section four is healing in time, and Lemoyne, if you would take it up, please. Just um, would we do it twice? Yes, uh, with paragraph twenty-three, and then we'll proceed. No, pick up a, pick up a couple pick up a couple sentences from the last paragraph, and then go on.
4: Yeah. Um. Uh, after you read twenty three,
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. I always get confused about those stair steps. <laughs> oh dear, you've been here a while. You learn to laugh about that with me. Anyway, paragraph four, healing in time, twenty three, and now the reason why you are afraid of this course should be apparent. For this is a course on love because it is about you. You have been told that your function in this world is healing and your functioning in heaven is creating. The ego teaches that your function on earth is destruction and that you have no function at all in heaven. It would thus destroy you here and bury you here leaving you no inheritance except the dust out of which it thinks you are made. As long as it is reasonably satisfied with you, as its reasoning goes, it offers you oblivion. When it becomes overly savage, it offers you hell. There we go. Good
4: Okay. Um... i'm I'm just going to read all of twenty two'm sorry, I couldn't single anything out all right to quote single out is to quote make alone and thus make lonely. God did not do this to you. Could he set you apart, knowing that your peace lies in his oneness <coughs> He denied you only your request for pain, for suffering is not of his creation. Having given you creation, he could not take it from you. He could but answer your insane request with a sane answer which would abide with you in your insanity. And this he did. No one who hears his answer but will give up insanity. For his answer is the reference point beyond delusions from which you can look back on them and see them insane, see them as insane. But seek this place and you will find it, for love is in you and will lead you there. And now the reason, okay, section 12, sorry, chapter 12, the problem of guilt, Section four, healing in time. And now the reason why you are afraid of this course should be apparent. For this is a course on love because it is about you. You have been told that your function in this world is healing and your function in heaven is creating. The ego teaches that your function on earth is destruction and that you have no function at all in heaven. It would thus destroy you here and bury you here, leaving you no inheritance except the dust out of which it thinks you were made. As long as it is reasonably satisfied with you, as its reasoning goes, it offers you oblivion. When it becomes overtly savage, it offers you hell. Yet neither oblivion nor hell is as unacceptable to you as heaven. For your definition of heaven is hell and oblivion. And the real heaven is the greatest threat you think you could experience. For hell and oblivion are ideas which you made up and you are bent on demonstrating their reality to establish yours. If their reality is questioned, you believe that yours is. For you believe that attack is your reality and that your destruction is the final proof that you are right.
0: Thank you, Lemoyne and Fran. 24. Yet neither oblivion nor hell is as unacceptable to you as heaven. For your definition of heaven is hell and oblivion. And the real heaven is the greatest threat you think you could experience. For hell and oblivion are ideas which you made up. And you are bent on demonstrating their reality to establish yours. If their reality is questioned, you believe that yours is. For you believe that attack is your reality, and that your destruction is the final proof that you were right. 25. Under the circumstances, would it not be more desirable to have been wrong, even apart from the fact that you were wrong? While it could perhaps be argued that death suggests there was life, no one would claim that it proves there is life. Even the past life which death might indicate could only have been futile if it must come to this and needs this to prove that it was. You question Heaven but you do not question this. You could heal and be healed if you did question it. And even though you know not heaven, might it not be more desirable than death? You have been as selective in your questioning as in your perception. An open mind is more honest
5: than this.
6: Thank you, Fran and Karen. 25, under the circumstances, would it not be more desirable to have been wrong, even apart from the fact that you were wrong? While it could perhaps be argued that death suggests there was life, no one would claim that it proved there is life. Even the past life, which death might indicate, could have could only have been futile if it must come to this and needs this to prove that it was. You question heaven, but you do not question this. You could heal and be healed if you did question it. And even though you know not heaven, might it not be more desirable than death? You have been as selective in your questioning as in your perception. An open mind is more honest than this. 26. The ego has a very strange notion of time, and it is with this notion that your questioning might well begin. The ego invests heavily in the past, and in the end believes that the past is the only aspect of time that is meaningful. You will remember that we said its emphasis on guilt enables it to ensure its continuity by making the future like the past and thus avoiding the present. By the notion of paying for the past in the future, the past becomes the determiner of the future, making them continuous without an intervening present. For the ego uses the present only as a brief transition to the future, in which it brings the past to the future by interpreting the present in past terms. Thank you, Karen and
0: Harrison.
5: 26. The ego has a very strange notion of time. And it is with this notion that your questioning might well begin. The ego invests heavily in the past. And in the end, believes that the past is the only aspect of time that is meaningful. You will remember that we said its emphasis on guilt enables it to ensure its continuity by making the future like the past and thus avoiding the present. By the notion of pain for the past and the future, the past becomes the determinant of the future, making them continuous without an intervening present. For the ego uses the present only as a deep transition to the future in which it brings the past to the future by interpreting the present in past terms. 27. Now has no meaning to the ego. The present merely reminds it of past hurts and it reacts to the present as if it were the past. The ego cannot tolerate release from the present and although the past is no more The ego tries to preserve its image by responding as if it were present. Thus, it dictates reactions to those who meet now from a past reference point, obscuring their present reality. In fact, if you follow the ego's dictates, you will react to your brothers as though they were someone else. And this will surely prevent you from receiving them as they are. And you will receive messages from them out of your own past because by making it real in the present, you are forbidding yourself to let it go. You thus deny yourself the message of release that every moment.
0: I miss you
1: now. Thank you, Harrison. Is okay? Excuse me. Twenty-seven. Now has no now has no meaning to the ego. The present merely reminds it of past hurts, and it reacts to the present as if it were the past. The ego cannot tolerate release from the past. And although the past is no more, the ego tries to preserve its image by responding as if it were present. Thus it dictates reactions to those you meet now from a past reference point obscuring their present reality. In effect, if you follow the ego's dictates, you will react to your brothers as though they were someone else. And this will surely prevent you from perceiving them as they are. And you will receive messages from them out of your own past because by making it real in the present, you are forbidding yourself to let it go. You thus deny yourself the message of release that every brother offers you now. 28, the shadowy figures from the past are precisely what you must escape for they are not real and have no hold over you unless you bring them with you. They carry the spots of pain in your minds, directing you to attack in the present in retaliation for a past that is no more. And this decision is one of future pain. Unless you learn the past pain is delusional. You are choosing a future of illusions and losing the endless opportunities which you could find for release in the present. The ego would preserve your nightmares and prevent you from awakening and understanding that they are past. Thank you, Lana.
0: And Jessica.
7: Thank you. This is great.
0: 28.
7: The shadowy figures from the past are precisely what you must escape. For they are not real and have no hold over you unless you bring them with you. They carry the spots of pain in your mind, directing you to attack in the present in retaliation for a past that is no more. And this decision is one of future pain. Unless you learn that past pain is delusional, you are choosing a future of illusions and losing the endless opportunities which you could find for release in the present. The ego would preserve your nightmares and prevent you from awakening and understanding that they are past. 29. Would you recognize a holy encounter if you are merely perceiving it as a meeting with your own past? For you are meeting no one, and the sharing of salvation, which makes the encounter holy, is excluded from your sight. The Holy Spirit teaches that you always meet yourself and the encounter is holy because you are. The ego teaches that you always encounter your past, and because your dreams were not holy, the future cannot be, and the present is without meaning. It is evident that the Holy Spirit's perception of time is the exact opposite of the egos. The reason is equally clear, for they perceive the goal of time as diametrically opposed.
0: Wow. Yeah, wow. Thanks, Jessica. And Robin Marie.
2: 29. Would you recognize a holy encounter if you are merely perceiving it as a meeting with your own past? For you are meeting no one, and the sharing of salvation, which makes the encounter holy, is excluded from your sight. The Holy Spirit teaches you that you always meet yourself, and the encounter is holy because you are. The ego teaches that you always encounter your past, and because your dreams were not holy, the future cannot be and the present is without meaning. It is evident that the Holy Spirit's perception of time is the exact opposite of the ego's. The reason is equally clear, for they perceive the goal of time as diametrically opposed. 30. The Holy Spirit interprets time's purpose as rendering the need for it unnecessary. Thus, does he regard the function of time as temporary, serving only his teaching function, which is temporary by definition. His emphasis is, therefore, on the only aspect of time which can, which can extend to the infinite, for now is the closest approximation of eternity which this world offers." It is in the reality of now, without past or future, that the beginning of the appreciation of eternity lies. For only now is here, and it represents the opportunities for the holy encounters in which salvation
0: can be found. Thank you, Robin Marie and Judy
3: yes thank you Lori I love this use of time the Holy Spirit interprets time's purpose it's rendering the need for it unnecessary thus does he regard the function of time as temporary serving only his teaching function serving only his teaching function which is temporary by definition. His emphasis is therefore on the only aspect of time which can extend to the infinite. For now is the closest approximation of eternity which this world offers. It is in the reality of now, without past or future, without past or future without past or future. (laughs) That the beginning of the appreciation of eternity lies. For only now is here, and only here is now, and only now is here. And it presents the opportunities for the holy encounters in which salvation can be found. The ego, on the other hand, regards the function of time as one of extending itself the continuity of the ego itself in place of eternity. For like the Holy Spirit, the ego interprets the goal of time as its own. The continuity of the past and the future under its direction is the only purpose the ego perceives in time, and it closes over the present so that no gap in its own continuity can occur. Its continuity, then, would keep you in time, while the Holy Spirit would would release you from time. It is His interpretation of the means of salvation which you must learn to accept if you would share His goal of salvation for you. Amen. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Judy. And would there be a new reader for 31 and 32? A new reader for 31 and. There you are, thank you.
5: Okay.
8: The ego, on the other hand, regards the function of time as of every, sorry, as of <clears throat> extending. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm having a hard time reading because I need to get my glasses. The ego, on the other hand, regards the function of time as one of extending itself in place of eternity. For like the Holy Spirit, the ego interprets spirit. The ego interprets the the goal of time as its own. The continuity of past and future Under the direction, under its direction, is the only purpose the ego perceives in time. And it closes over the present so that no gap in its own continuity can occur. Its continuity then would keep you in time while the Holy Spirit would release you from it. It is His interpretation of the means of salvation which you must learn to accept if you would share His goal of salvation for you. You too will interpret the function of time as you interpret yours. If you accept your function in the world of time as healing, you will emphasize only the aspect of time in which healing can occur. For healing cannot be accomplished in the past and must be accomplished in the present to release the future. This interpretation ties the future to the present and extends the present rather than the past. But if you interpret your function as destruction, you will lose sight of the present and hold on to the past to ensure a destructive future. And time will be as you interpret it of itself, it is nothing.
4: Amen.
0: Thank you Sandra. And let's see would there be a new reader to complete today with paragraph thirty two new reader for thirty two? Okay, LeMoyne, you go for it, please.
4: Okay. You too will interpret the function of time as you interpret yours. If you accept your function in the world of time as healing, you will emphasize only the aspect of time in which healing can occur. For healing cannot be accomplished in the past and must be accomplished in the present to release the future. This interpretation ties the future to the present and extends the present rather than the past. But if you interpret your function as destruction, you will lose sight of the present and hold on to the past to ensure a destructive future. And time will be as you interpret it, for of itself, it is nothing.
0: Oh, thanks, Lloyd. And thank you, everyone who read this morning, this, this very important section, Healing in Time. Um summarize just a few ideas beginning with the first paragraph. This is a course on love because it is about you. You have been told that your function in this world is healing and function in heaven is creating. Hell and oblivion are ideas which you made up and you are bent on demonstrating their reality to establish yours. If their reality is questioned, you believe that yours is. 25. Under the circumstances, would it not be more desirable to have been wrong? Even apart from the fact that you were wrong? You could heal and be healed if you did question this, these ideas. And even though you know not heaven, might it not be more desirable than death? You have been as selective in your questioning as in your perception. Selective. An open mind is more honest than this. In 26, the ego has a very strange notion of time, and it is with this notion that your questioning might well begin. The ego's emphasis on guilt enables it to ensure its continuity by making the future like the past thus avoiding the present by the notion of paying for the past in the future the past becomes the determiner of the future making them continuous without an intervening present 27 now has no meaning to the ego the ego cannot tolerate release from the past and although the past is no more the ego tries to preserve its image by responding to it responding as if it were present thus it dictates reactions to those you meet now from a past reference point obscuring the present reality and you will react to your brothers as though they were someone else and receive messages from them out of your own past because by making it real in the present You are forbidding yourself to let it go. You thus deny yourself the message of release that every brother offers you now. The shadowy figures from the past are precisely what you must escape. They have no hold over you unless you bring them with you. These spots of pain are carried in your mind, directing you to attack the present, retaliation for a past that is no more. And this decision is one of future pain. Here we go. In 29, would you recognize a holy counter, encounter if you are merely perceiving it as a meeting with your own past? For you are meeting no one. And the sharing of salvation which makes the encounter holy is excluded from your sight. The Holy Spirit teaches that you always meet yourself and the encounter is holy because you are. In thirty the Holy Spirit interprets time purpose time's purpose as the render as rendering the need for it unnecessary. Thus does he regard the function of time as temporary, serving only his teaching function, which is also temporary by definition. His emphasis, therefore, is on the only aspect of time which can extend to the infinite. For now is the closest approximation of eternity which this world offers. It is in the reality of now, without past or future, that the beginning of the appreciation of eternity lies. For only now is here and it presents the opportunities for the holy encounters in which salvation can be found. The ego, on the other hand, regards the function of time as one of extending itself in place of eternity. The continuity of past and future under its direction is the only purpose the ego perceives in time, and it closes over the present so that no gap in its own continuity can occur the holy spirit would release you from it if you accept your function in the world of time as healing you will emphasize the only aspect of time in which healing can occur for healing cannot be accomplished in the past and must be accomplished in the present to release the future Sorry, Maya's are fooling me here. This interpretation ties the future to the present and extends the present rather than the past. And time will be as you interpret it, for of itself it is nothing. Wow. Hey, we got right just exactly to the top of the hour. So um to put all this together we have lesson one hundred and thirty eight heaven is the decision i must make how perfect is that so fran um will you take us from here please and thank you yeah thank you for the summary too that was good thank you hi everybody dylan the first part of the workbook and today we are on lesson 138 heaven is the decision i must make so i shall read some from the lesson and then we'll do our five-minute practice heaven is the decision i must make in this world heaven is a choice because here we believe there are alternatives to choose between if heaven exists there must be hell as well creation knows no opposite but here is opposition part of being quote unquote real It is a strange perception of the truth that makes the choice of heaven seem to be the same as the relinquishment of hell it is not really thus choice is the opposite obvious escape from what appears as opposites decision lets one of conflicting goals become the aim of effort and expenditure of time you need to be reminded that you think a thousand choices are confronting you when there is really only one to make and even this what seems like a choice truth is true and nothing else is real there is no opposite to choose instead choosing depends on learning but the truth cannot be learned but only recognized decisions are the outcome of your learning For they rest on what you have accepted as the truth of what you are and what your needs must be. In this insanely complicated world, heaven appears to take the form of choice rather than merely being what it is. So we begin today considering the choice that time was made to help us make. Heaven is chosen consciously. The choice cannot be made until alternatives are accurately seen and understood. The conscious choice of heaven is as sure as is the ending of the fear of hell, when it is raised from its protective shield of unawareness and is brought to light. Yet who can fail to make a choice between alternatives when only one is seen as valuable? The other as a wholly worthless thing. And shall we hesitate to choose today? We make the choice for heaven as we wake and spend five minutes making sure that we have made the one decision that is sane. Before we close our eyes and sleep tonight, we reaffirm the choice that we have made each hour in between. And now we give the last five minutes of our waking day to the decision with which we awoke. As every hour passed, we have declared our choice again in a brief quiet time devoted to maintain insanity. And finally, we close the day with this, acknowledging we chose but what we want. Heaven is the decision I must make. I make it now and will not change my mind because it is the only thing I want. So we'll do our five-minute practice now. Lesson 138, Heaven is the decision I must make. In this world, heaven is a choice. Lesson 138. Heaven is the decision I must make. Amen. And I will not change my mind. Amen. Thank you, Fran.
1: Oh, thank you, Fran.
0: Oh, it's lovely. Thank you, you guys. Yeah, I will not change my mind. Wow. I love how he explains how there is really no choice. In this world, there is a choice. I love this lesson. I'm complete. Thank you, Fran. Thanks, Fran.
5: Thank you, Fran.
8: Good morning, this is Sandra and uh you know for so many years, I was in such deep depression, and i didn't think I had a choice. It was awful i you know and of course, when you don't think you have a choice, you want to be dead and it was just awful and to know what i'm what I learned from that whole experience was was that um you know human nature wants to wants the familiar it just wants what's familiar even if it's awful and then i remember going through a stage where i i used to scream to god just cry and cry just let me know something once i went through you know separation and divorce at least in the marriage as dysfunctional as it was i knew that i you know i had an identity i was a wife i was a mother <laughs> previous to that i had no identity whatsoever except that of being maybe a victim so to know that i have a choice number 1 that it's a choice to decide for god to be happy <laughs> because in this very moment while I'm sitting in the unknown, I can look around and say, wow, right here, right now, all my needs are met. I have a wonderful roof over my head. There's food in the refrigerator. Um, I'm free, absolutely free, with limitless possibilities. Limitless possibilities to extend love. (laughs) to myself and to anybody who crosses my path but because the opportunities that are that I thought were there are not um are not they're not opportunities anymore so what do I do do I do I stay miserable and depressed because it's not looking the way I thought it was going to look or do I use my power of decision to say, wow, well, there must be something else that the Holy Spirit had in mind for me that's even better than anything I could have ever thought of. Limitless, limitless possibilities to extend love. It doesn't have to be where I think it's supposed to go. (laughs) I can extend my love and my and my happiness, and my gratitude, gratitude, gratitude for this present moment. Anywhere, anytime. I just have to let go of my my agenda. There's somebody that's not muted. Just have to let go of my agenda, of how I think it's supposed to look. And trust in the invisible, in the unknown, because it is Unlimited possibilities. <laughs> it offers me unlimited possibilities for joy, happiness, peace, and opportunities. Not only possibilities, but opportunities for joy, happiness, and peace. And those opportunities come because I choose them. Because I'm choosing to take this present moment and choosing to be in heaven and happy and in gratitude I'm complete
0: oh that was so lovely Sandra
1: such Um, a beautiful description sure was thanks Sandra
0: Thank you, Sandra. That
1: was Thank so inspiring. You. Thank you, Sandra. Thank you, Sandra. Well, good morning, it's Lana. Um gosh, this this uh text reading and also the lesson were just so perfect for me today. <laughs> you know, um uh I was guided this, my, my daughter's going through a lot of chaos in her life. And, um, and I was, you know, and, and so, you know, you mothers out there, you know, my daughter's in chaos. She's just mirror, mirroring my chaos in my mind. so, <clears throat> excuse me, when I woke up this morning, I asked for healing. And um, I was just led to this beautiful quote, which really kind of says what the um, text reading said today. This is from the introduction of chapter 23. Nothing around you but is part of you. Look on it lovingly and see the light of heaven in it. And then, so then I was just inspired with Jesus, you know. He was with me and and did a lot of writing on it. And um, so many things flooded my mind, you know, about this... um, inward outward picture and he once told me that the kindest thing that I can do for my brothers or sisters was to heal my mind you know and and so I and so then I remembered a quote by Osho where he said the only purpose of meditation is to bring your awareness to now because that's the portal The truth, and that's the place, like Jesus said in this reading today, that's the place where healing happens. Because um, it's not that now ever moves, it's not that now ever changes, it's always now. But what travels is my awareness. You know, I call it time traveling. When I leave this present moment and time travel into the past, or worries about the future, I'm not being present with God here and now. No healing happens, you know. I've like joined the madness of the ego, <laughs> and so apparently, you know, I, my daughter's life over the last several years has been very peaceful. So, somewhere along the line, and this is not about guilt, you know, this is just about recognition and healing, you know. So, I have to avoid that temptation to feel, um any type of, of guilt, because that just fogs up the picture. So, somehow, I had a thought from the past. I went mind-traveling into the past and remembered a moment about my daughter, or I looked in the past and saw her past, you know, where, where she was deep in misery and despair and addiction and all. And, grabbed hold of it, brought it to the present, and now, and then what showed up a few days later is a call from my daughter telling me about all this chaos in her life now. And so I didn't even notice what I did and I didn't make the connection until you know this morning. And I saw, and then then the reading today, it was like it was planned for me, you know, because it reminded me exactly about what occurred, you know. I brought the past to the present and had it dictate the future. And because my daughter, or any of us, we're not separate from being a thought in the mind of God. And that's the other thing I have to remember. I'm a thought in the mind of God. I'm not in this body, I'm not in this world. They are in me. And I'm their maker or creator, you know, and, and and so that's responsibility for sight. And I like to think of it more as ownership. I have to take ownership of the antics of my mind before I can bring them to love in the present moment and heal them. So That's what I did, spent a few hours writing about it, meditating about it. And, um, you know, and the other thought that Jesus told me a while back was a reminder that I need not know the answer to a problem in order for it to be solved. Because the only place the ego mind has to look for any kind of information, its only reference is the past. And if I look in the past and I don't see a solution, you know, I, you know, I will become uh, despaired. You know, I will think it's hopeless. But yet if I'm present with God in, in the now, just like you were saying, um, Sandra, there's infinite possibilities. I'm one with the infinite mind of God. And that's why solutions show up in unimagined ways because they're not from the past. And it's like, where did that come from? It's a miracle. And it is <laughs> because I'm present with God. And, and so where I am now in my mind is just in joy and peace because I know I've healed that thought that I grabbed hold of and made real. And, I'm, and I let it go. And I'm in a very peaceful, loving place. And I know my daughter's going to email me or I'm going to get an email or something. Anyway, I need not know the answer. A problem. I have no idea of how it's all going to unfold, but I know it's going to unfold happily, joyfully, and um, and that's where my trust is placed. That's where I t- and I can only feel that here and now, present with God and all of you. You know. So anyway, I'm complete. Great reading today. Great blessing today. Certainly was a benefit to me. I'm complete. So that, that
0: was just stupendous, Lana. Thank you for yeah. sharing your process. So clear. Yes. Thank you, Lana. Thank you
2: much. This is uh, Robin thank Marie. You. I had uh, I had an experience uh, just yesterday uh, where I got caught in a loop with my son, and I asked him to come outside so that we could talk in the air. And I realized that my reaction to him was a past reaction to my father, which was really strange, but I'd never thought of it that way. And it was whenever my dad lifted his voice toward me in any way, it was angry. And, and I, uh, and so I couldn't think as a little girl. You know, I'm like, I didn't get the math problem. I was what seven or eight and my dad got angry when he was trying to explain it to me and I didn't understand it. And it really helped to know that, you know, I am placing this on my son and that I need to not do that and really choose heaven and realize my son is not, you know, he's not my dad he's he's you know, he's just totally innocent person. So yeah, this was a really helpful lesson and it brought that out again to me that I need to choose heaven, <laughs> be in the now, realize it's unfolding right now. Thank you so much.
0: Unfolding right now. Thank you, Robin Murray. Thank you, Robin Murray.
8: Oh thank you, Robin Murray. This is Ida. Hi,
9: good morning. Yeah, it's been a great call. Um, more, yeah, when my, when my dad tutored me in my math when I was in high school, he wasn't angry, but I still didn't get the math. <laughs> I started to cry, and then he said, why are you crying? But anyway, that's the past, and that's not only over. Jesus says in the Course, it didn't exist the way we think. And at some point, I think he said, it didn't exist, period. The past doesn't exist. When it was a now, it existed, but not now. It doesn't exist in this now, you know. And I I heard recently the word know, to know something. It's K-N-O-W. It's, it's okay to be in the now, N-O-W, right? Um. So many people have said stuff like that. My first birthday teacher, Leo Russell said, now is eternity. Eternity thus endeth in now. And uh, I had some other good things to say. That I don't remember right now. <laughs> so I'm not supposed to say them because there is no other time except that time is the idea of the past, present, and future. Time is a a mental construct since the whole universe is in my mind. It's a mental construct, time and space. There really is nothing else except here, no other space. And no other time except now. We're always no matter where we are and what time it is, it's always here. And it's always now. (laughs) Thank you. I'm complete.
0: Thank you, Ida.
9: Yeah. Thank you, I, Ida. Thanks,
0: Ida. Ada. Oh, good morning. Thanks.
3: Did someone else start to speak before me? Go ahead.
0: Uh, um, it's Mindy. I I need to get off the phone soon. I'll I'll wait until you're done after me. Um, today while we were doing the lesson, I was doing the lesson at eight o'clock. Um. I related a beautiful experience of heaven and peace coming to me and I realized there was a part two to the, to the, the thing and I didn't I hesitated and didn't share it and the, the main thing I got was um, I had this most peaceful experience of resolving something that was important to me and I finally got it resolved and as I was coasting by the building where I had just visited I was next to a main street very very busy Seven lanes, three going each way, and the middle left. And um, I had my windows down, and normally I don't, because it's so noisy. But as I was coasting by the driveway right next to the street, I noticed quiet. And I saw a row of maybe 15 cars, three rows deep, three columns deep. They were all stopped at the light behind me. And there was no traffic coming from the other way. But before I noticed any of this, I just noticed a deep feeling of peace. And yesterday, you know, was when I'm healed, I'm not healed alone. And I realized that I had had a healing. And when I keyed into the other people there, I couldn't even hear car sounds, engine sounds, and my windows were open. No one was fidgeting at the light, trying to move up. No horns, no nothing. I just felt total peace when I noticed the stillness of all these cars and, and peace coming from everyone and I thought wow when I'm healed I'm not healed alone and, and my, my best thought was just to keep coasting the way I was and noticing and connecting with the people but I said nope, nope, I have no air conditioning. let me stop in the shade at this tree here between me and the street and let me get ready for my next thing and then the feeling of peace left And as I was thinking about that today, about heaven as a decision I must make, to me, heaven is being at peace. And and being at peace, I can feel any feeling and it can be, it brings me connection and love. I can feel anger. I can feel grief. I can feel sadness. But when I'm in a place of peace or a place of heaven, it contributes to my feeling of oneness and love. It just does. (laughs) And I'm thinking, gosh, I wish I had not made that decision to move forward. But before I shared, I realized that I can have that moment of peace, that moment of truth, that moment of reality, of heaven, any time I desire. I can relive it. Because it's the truth. And there's no time and there's no space. And I had that thought and I went outside and I I thought about, I wonder if I should be sharing here. All of a sudden I saw a white daffodil. I didn't know I had a white daffodil in my yard and it's blooming two weeks after almost all the daffodils
2: left.
7: And
0: I said, wow. Just yesterday I let go of my last daffodil from a collection that was blooming a week later than everything else and I wished I could have enjoyed them more and here is a white daffodil. I thought, Oh my God, I can always have a moment that I've had before. I can relive it. And here's a white daffodil white represents peace. And I didn't get to share that with people at the workshop I, I work with call. But that was just God's way of affirming, Yes, my dear, you're always in heaven. It never changes. There's no time and there's no space and it transcends the laws of God. And there was my beautiful white daffodil telling me that what I desire to experience is always there. No matter what decision I made, no matter what I did with it previously, I can have it now. Heaven is a decision I must make. I make it now. I will not change my mind because it is the only thing I want and it's the only thing that is real. Uh, so wonderful. Thank
2: you. Oh, that was beautiful. Indeed. Thank you.
9: Yeah. yeah thank so you. Really gave me something with your share.
0: Thank you. and thank, thank you very much, Judy, for letting me share that. I'm just, I'm complete. Thank you. If you were waiting, Judy, um, I think that's you. I think I also heard Karen uh, in there.
3: Um, What's she waiting to? Go ahead, Karen,
2: if you like,
3: if you're ready.
6: No, you go first. That's okay.
3: Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just uh, really lit up with the text today and um, the lesson today. They're very affirmative to me about the truth of who I am. Speaking about the truth um, in the text and in the and in the lesson. How simple the lesson's title is. Heaven is the decision I must make. It's like in darkened print, I must make this decision because that is how God created me. And in the lesson it speaks of the truth, the truth of that, and only the truth is true. I can only make but one decision, and when that one is made, I will perceive it with no choice at all because I don't have a choice about it at all. I am the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is within me. I am everything, with everything, as everything, as the one son, the one creation of God. I am the kingdom of heaven. I am heaven itself. God goes with me everywhere I go, and God is in everything I see and everything I know. And um, that truth is true and nothing else is real. What is real cannot be threatened, and what is not, what is not real does not exist. And it, my reality is spirit, and um, and and real thoughts that come from God, only loving thoughts that are true, and only loving thoughts are eternal. But um, I love in paragraph five where it it speaks about decisions are the outcome of our learning that we've learned from the courts the truth of who we are. And they rest, and our decisions rest on what we have accepted as the truth of what we are. If we accept the truth that we are the kingdom of God and that we are as God created us, that automatically tells me what my function is. What my needs are—the only needs that I have—are to be happy, joyous, and free, and share that as being an extension of the love of God itself. I know my clarity, my clarity reveals itself to me. Um, you know that the the um, heaven is being what it is. That the truth be known. The truth is everywhere always, already, and can only be known. It can't be lost. The truth can't be found because I've never lost it. It must be accepted in order to be known. Only in its acceptance can I know it and be it. And those are some of the most important lines to me in this book, that I have to accept the truth that I am the kingdom of God, that God is within me, he has given me everything as himself love gave me everything as itself and to know it and be it um is to to know the truth of who i am um you know that the um ideas can't leave its source um and and that the ego is an illusion it's uh it's uh it's just a mistaken perception of what reality is according to the false beliefs that I'm an image, an idol made of dust, temporary, um, um, you know, um, of our own making, that there's sin and sickness and suffering um, and death are all ideas that come from a source that is not true. The mind of the ego and its thoughts are not true. They're all false. Throw them out. Dismiss them. Ignore them. Deny them, however you want to do it. I know how I do it. <laughs> and I make the choice to be the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, as God created me today. As I wake and I make the one decision that is sane, because all insanity lies in the ego's thoughts, and um, coming from illusions, they just make more illusions and perception. Um I love this. And, and the source of the ego's thinking um, is, is, is the choice between what is real and has existence and what is nothing but an appearance, appearance or what seems to be. And it says right in this, in this lesson, it's a pseudo-being. It's not true. It's a false, mistaken sense of self. A, a foolish mistake, mistake, self-appraisal, an idle image made of dust, foolish mistake, uh, a foolish idea that, that I have separate thoughts, that my mind is separate, that my mind is in my brain and that the brain can think is a foolish mistake, foolish idea, and the idea of time. Um, that I forget all of the past of everything I ever thought, imagined I was, um, that I am not an image, I cannot be seen because I'm invisible, I'm immortal, you can't touch this, you can't hurt it, um, that um, the um, ego presents um, through memory, it uses the mind, the power of the mind of God to forget to forget that it is God itself. Now, I don't know how that all operates, but, you know, I don't think that um, um, God denies us. He doesn't deny us the ability to do to do anything, even to forget or to ignore who and what we are. But um, the speaking of the shadowy figures from the past, to see myself as a body or to see anybody else as a body is to see something an empty shell of something that's not there. If I don't perceive my one-mindedness through the Holy Spirit within everyone as myself, if I don't look and love on everyone as myself as being my one self, then I don't know who who or what my brother is. I'm, I'm an ego looking upon another ego. Illusion, idol, image made of dust. And this these two sections make that really, really obvious to me and how the ego uses time to perpetuate the false belief in its own use of the past and projecting into the future of becoming a person. There are no separate persons. There's no separate persons here. We are one person having one experience, and that is the one son, the one mind of God. In its entirety, the totality of that reality is what my mind can hold and understand and know if I accept it as the truth, I can know it as the truth. Not as long as I think I'm a little image of my own making, a devil committing right and wrongs and judging itself because it believes in in what it thinks, separate private thoughts, of, of being a person in separate private thoughts of other people being separate persons to be judged. There's no judgment in any of this, and that's just another ego illusion. It's a dream of judgment. It's the absolute ending of the dream to give that all up. Oh, the function of time, as the Holy Spirit would use it to completely forget the past. Now, there isn't even a moment in now. Now is now is now is now is now. Is. As soon as you say a moment, it's separate. As soon as we think a thought, it's gone. We can't think a thought fast enough to stay in the now. That's why all thinking can be relinquished, where the I don't know mind meets and greets and welcomes with open, opening the heart and the mind to what is happening here and now without even a thought about it, just in amazement and in wonder. And in childhood, like innocence. What is going on here? <laughs> Amazing stuff.
0: <laughs>
3: the release. The release from, from the concept. It's just the end of the concept of time. There is no continuity to the ego whatsoever, to being a person whatsoever in the Holy Spirit's use of time. Judy can't last. She can't. Judy doesn't exist from now to now to now. She can't. Without memory, Judy cannot exist. It's an impossibility. Ergo, yeah, I grow <laughs> into my grandeur and my magnitude. Amen. I'm complete.
0: Thank you, Judy. Ah,
2: uh,
9: thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
6: Wow, thank you. Good morning, it's Karen. I'd like to talk about the lesson for a second first. Um, heaven is chosen consciously. The choice cannot be made until alternatives are accurately seen and understood. All that is failed in shadow must be raised to understanding to be judged against all mistakes and judgment, which the mind has made before open to correction as the truth dismisses them as causeless. Then they are without effects. And they are without now they are without effects. um, And their nothingness can be recognized. So first, it's talking in this lesson about the need that these mad beliefs be brought forward into awareness, because without being aware of them, we can't choose against them. Um, and I see the course as as really training us to understand um, what is truth versus what is not truth. And I was glad that we went back to the one line that said that the Holy Spirit's answer is the reference point beyond illusion. The Holy Spirit's answer is the reference point beyond illusions. His reference point is always love. It's always truth. If we could train our minds to always go back to the reference point of love and truth, a call for love or love. um, Truth meaning that it's in the now, it's eternal, and um, it shares all the thoughts we share with God. That's the Holy Spirit's reference point. The ego's reference point is the past. And so I was, I was um, feeling a fear thought for a couple of days now. I did something a few days ago, and, and it immediately triggered my child, ego child's um, interpretation of the world. Um, in my childhood, my parents got divorced, and I had to pick which parent to live with. And I didn't really feel I had a choice. My mother made it absolutely clear that I had to go with her. But I didn't realize in that at that time that by going with her I would lose my father, which I did. So the other day I was um I was reaching out to my beloved spiritual teachers asking for prayer because Jess was having the custody thing. And um my daughter grew up with the Swamis and Amma from the time she was six until she was 12. I mean, she was on the tour, she was in bookstore doing fava, You know, she went to India, she had the whole thing. So I just had this crazy thought, oh, I'll write to the Swami and ask him to tell Amma that, you know, we've got this custody thing. And I wrote that letter, or that email. And Immediately, I felt a disconnect with my spiritual teacher, who I'm who I feel very connected to now. And I feel I felt like I judged against my father. You know, I chose against my father because he's been protecting us since Tali was born, and now I lost my. He abandoned me because I reached out to Alma. It was like this whole insane drama, but the fear was there, and I kept thinking no. This is, this is not real, this is not real, this is not heaven. Because the Christ mind doesn't, um, doesn't exclude, it doesn't, it isn't conditional, it doesn't, uh, all these kinds of thoughts that were tied to this crazy child belief. It's always about these mad beliefs of childhood. The way a child mind interprets the world and the more that it's reinforced over and over through the years, it makes it uh, a colored glass that you look at the whole world through this distorted lens, you know, the mirror that's hidden. And I said, no, it's as if to say heaven is the choice I will make. I see that this is a false belief. I see that this is generated by a fear thought that I'll be abandoned, because I made the wrong choice. I did a bad thing, I chose my mother instead of my father. It's all a projection of shadow figures. It's all a projection of the past. And the ego loves to get us with guilt and fear and judgment. And then we're thrust into this illusory world that doesn't it's not even there. But it's the way we were trained in childhood to interpret what was going on. And that's what it means when it says that these, um, these beliefs, these interpretations made by the ego, to be raised to consciousness, and looked at and dismissed. And the answer to that is heaven is a decision I will make, I will not interpret what's going on right now, through all the painful memories of my childhood. You know, those memories of childhood are only here, if I bring them with me. But to let them go, I need to know that I need to look at them squarely and say this is not real. This is not real. This is the illusion of my ego mind that I project. Just like when I was in India, and I projected my mother was torturing me on the situation that I was in. It wasn't real at all. I brought it with me and my emotional body was activated. And that's like having a fear thought. You know, when your emotional body is activated, you feel fear. But the choice is, do I give into this fear? or Do I know fear is the foundation of my ego mind? And no, I don't want that fear thought to, to dictate what my reality is. I can instead choose peace and offer this to the Holy Spirit on the inner altar. And that, I think, is um, how beautiful the Course in Miracles is as psychotherapy, is what it's doing. It's telling us that if we use the ego's uh, belief system and we stay in that paradigm, we miss the future. We miss the moment of grace that can heal us. If we stay in the past mind, we just skip over the present and go and build a future like the past. We don't live in the world where we can be released, which is um, healing, where healing can be accomplished. Healing can only be accomplished in the present. And in the present, we release the future. And we release the destructive future that the ego would create for us if we hold on to the past. So I guess that's it. Thank you. I'm complete.
0: Oh, that was just such an excellent review of conscious decision-making. Thank you, Karen. No, thank you, Karen.
5: Thank you, Karen.
0: Thank you for listening. Thank
5: you, Karen. Good morning, it's Harrison. All the course really simplifies things. It's one or the other for me. Only have one decision I need to make. And Heaven is the decision I must make. I make it now. I make it now. Once I make that decision, it simplifies everything. There is no alternative to heaven. There is no alternative to peace. There is no alternative to joy. It totally simplifies everything. Once I make that decision, Then there is no need to question what I'm doing, what I should do, Uh, who I am, who you are. There is only oneness, once I make that decision. There is only now, once I make that decision, the past is over, it can't touch me. Has no influence on me now. I can see.
0: That was so beautiful, Harrison. In its simplicity, just elegant. Thank you. Yes, that was great, Harrison. Thank you.
6: Thank you, Harrison.
8: I think I'll just give another quick share um, that's worth mentioning is the Law of Attraction. And um, this lesson is really talking about it because what what I pay attention to, what I focus on, I'm going to create more of. So if I'm experiencing this moment from the experience of the past, if I'm assessing this particular moment from my experiences from the past, um, I'm not... I'm just blocking all of creation. And not only do I do that, but they say the way to manifest is to feel what you want as if it's already here. So if I'm feeling my feelings from the past and and bringing that into the present moment, um, I'm attracting more of that. That's exactly how it works. You just attract more of the past. It's the past repeating itself over and over again. When I can conjure up, and I can use my imagination for that, um, an experience that I would like to have and conjure up the feelings that I might experience with that of joy gratitude, Um, and I can choose those feelings. That's what this lesson is telling me. Those feelings are a choice. Heaven is a choice I must make, and there's feelings that go along with heaven, which are peaceful, kind, loving, peaceful, 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 peaceful. Just a lot of peace. So if I bring my experiences and memories and emotions from the past into the present moment, I'm going to create the past. That's called the law of attraction. If I make a decision to bring something new in, now I'm in the place of possibility. Limitless possibility.
0: I'm complete. Thank you, Sandra. Yeah. Love that, Sandra. Thank you. Limitless possibility. Oh, uh, thank you. Um you gave me the segue I've been looking for, Sandra. I'm grateful for that. Um, I was looking for the quote that talks about the holy instant, the holy relationship, the holy spirit, and all the means that God has given you for escape would have no meaning if I thought I had to do it on my own. And... and You know, only Christ, only only the mind of Christ and the Holy Spirit know, know with certainty the unlimited possibilities for the Son of God via creation with source. And it's not for me to know um, any of that, nor I need it. The quote I was referring to referred to present trust. And so we find it in lesson 135. We talked about it the other day. Your present trust. Now, how do I make that work in my life? And it was years and years and years ago um, that I came to myself with joy saying, I am home. I am home, and everything that went before that moment was because I believed in opposites. That was a long time ago. And yet here still I am. Why would that be? And the answer to that is um, what I think the answer is to all of us. You know, a miracle is the same as what he's talking about in his choice for heaven. A miracle is what you experience when you release the past to the present and let the future be dictated by truth that's that's the definition of miracle and so um, he talks about this in way back in chapter 4 creation and communication where he says to the ego you know what you want to communicate is um, pretty much determined by separation in your own thoughts and your own feelings and your own view of reality and all of its directed at trying to maintain itself same thing we're talking about here but he says when I let the Holy Spirit decide for me I'm going to wind up eventually with the knowledge of the truth of myself which is the truth of everyone that the soul is in a state of grace forever, and our only reality is the soul. state of grace forever is the state of unity. State of unity. And for the longest time I thought heaven was a place. I know we all did. And, and he says in this work, it's so marvelous. Heaven is not a place, it's a state of mind. When the mind arrives at truth, and truth is such that it includes everything and everyone. Capital S Self. But the joy, the joy of living, he says, life is as holy as the holiness by which it was created. And when I came home, I realized everything that did go before was because I believed there was an opposite to holiness. But the course of miracles why is it called the course of miracles because miracles are the tool means the opportunities that we are given by christ's mind to turn this state of mind this hell and oblivion state of mind this ego thought system to change it from that to truth which is love and unity and peace. And so all those years in between that holy instant and now, to me, are opportunities. Everything, everything that happened between then and now, that new beginning and now, has been another opportunity. Everything was another opportunity to share holiness. That's what turns this place to heaven it's miracles and once once my mind is healed I become a healer that's not something I possess it's the allowance of the power within to achieve this grand outcome of love for every mind so to me this conscious choice um he it, it describes it so beautifully oh it's so beautiful in the manual for teachers in the role of words who'd have thought to find it there but that's where i found it today um the expression of the conscious decision it's like this the prayer the prayer what is a prayer except an expression of what i want What is a prayer except the expression of what I want? In this world, he says, you see what you believe is there, and you believe it's there because you want it there. Heaven is a decision I must make. It's simply this. The clarification to my own mind of what it is I want. I don't have to know what heaven is. I don't have to know what the atonement is. I don't have to know anything other than the clarity of heart and mind to make a conscious decision of what I want and when I make that conscious decision in my mind I'm telling my heart I'm telling my heart to express itself to pray in words that I don't understand nor do I need to know the words I don't need anything except the clarity of desire. My heart knows the way. Love is in you. This is a course on love because it's about love. It's about you. Love is in you and love will lead you there. When I consciously decide love is what I want, my heart prays. I don't need words for that. He says, The prayer for things in this world will bring experiences of this world. If the prayer of heart asks for this, that will be given. Because this will be received, it is impossible that the prayer of the heart remain unanswered in the perception of the one who asked. If he asks for the impossible, if he wants what does not exist, or seeks for illusions in his heart, all this becomes his own. The power of his decision offers it to him, as he requests, herein lies hell and heaven. The sleeping Son of God has but this power left to Him. It is enough. His words do not matter. And you know, no words can describe what Heaven or Home are like. We are all praying for an experience. We need that holy instant. We need the Holy Truth of Atonement to dawn on our minds because it's already in our heart. It's already there. Love will lead you there. When I make a conscious decision for love, I'll be given over and over and over opportunities to share holiness. And that's what turns what the ego thought system made of this world into what truth will show us it truly is. I'm complete. Oh, Lori, thanks so much. That was great. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Lori. It was beautiful. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> what, oh, what a beautiful call this was. Those expressions for the desire for truth that we all voice voiced are so glorious. And we will be granted our desires. There is no doubt about it. So thank you, everyone, for joining in that one prayer for the healing of the Sponsorship. And we'll close this call for now, uh, but not... I mean, we'll close this recording for now, but not the call. There's always more.